Hey guys, welcome back to another great episode on the NASCAR series. This episode, uh, we are going to be tributing to back to Dale Earnhardt after he died in the Daytona 500 under 20 years ago today. It's going to be a little tribute today. Hey, start out with this. Richard Hill, it's been, it's been a tough 20 years after Earnhardt's death. Just waiting for the ads. Why don't you answer your phone? You're not going to believe what just... You want a Coca-Cola with zero sugar? Yep. And it's delicious. This does taste great. It's tough. You know, we're good friends. We hunted and fished and did a little bit of everything away from the track and... Uh, he would call me at night at home and just right before when you know, even when he was building his race teams and he'd say, I know you haven't had a glass of wine. Let's talk a while. And just, I miss those moments and so many things, but it's been tough and not only tough on me, but on, and the family. And I think the race fans, a lot of them haven't gotten over it yet. And, and I haven't got over the loss. You know, I think about it there are many days it goes by that I don't remember something about Dale. And you walk in our museum up here and you look around and it just brings back so many great moments of, that we had together. And 20 years later, it doesn't seem like it's been 20 years since we all lost Dale. And uh, wow, man, what do you what do you say? We all just missed him. Yeah, I mean, those are tragic. No, I was like, no, NASCAR safety, 20 years of evolution. Culture change. Yeah. I think it's been a culture shift, and that's not to say anything against um, you know who's always worked on this at NASCAR. It's it's evolved, and safety was something. You know, even prior to, to the Earnhardt crash that not a lot of people wanted to talk about. Um, you know, if you talked about it, it, it was kind of taboo. Um, and, you know, we're racing. It's a dangerous sport. We all get that. And I think post that incident, it became part of the culture. And it became something that you're expected uh, to talk about and improve on every day. So, you know, we're all working together and we're all trying to learn uh, from each and every incident. I think it would be tough because each incident's different, but I, I think you do know for a fact that all the improvements and, you know, the bottom line is the culture. He, that incident changed the entire culture, the dialogue that went on, um, the people who were involved, the experts that were brought in, uh, the team engineers who, who really looked at that as well, and kind of everyone working together uh, to change the industry. So uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident that uh, a lot of these wrecks that you see um, with a driver just kind of hitting the wall and that car not moving, similar to what happened in, in Earnhardt's wreck, you know, oftentimes drivers are just getting out and walking away with no injuries. Um, and I think that's a testament to all the work the industry's done. Um, and we keep evolving. Sometimes you take it for granted because you go race by race and there's a safe event, an exciting event. And, you know, Ryan's crash was a reminder of, of just how dangerous the sport is uh, and just what goes into uh, each and every race with the drivers, um, you know, when they, when they strap in, going out there, racing as hard as possible. Um, and it is a huge responsibility. It's, 
you never want to see that happen as, as another reminder, but I think it serves all of us to, to kind of keep that in your back of your mind each and every race that this could happen. Um, and what can you do to make sure it doesn't happen? I think it's every day uh, that we think about this, that we work on it. Um, Dr. John Padillac at the R&D Center, uh, the next-gen car, there's, there's a number of new improvements made. So even when you think you've done all you can, you're, you're not even close um, because there's always new iterations. There's always things you haven't seen. So uh, to me, it's, it's constantly learning, constantly evolving. Well, the next-gen car, it was really an opportunity to have a clean sheet of paper for us. Really, to take all of the experiences and knowledge we've had over the last decade plus to that towards a new design. You can't tear up the car and start over every week. You know, it's, it's, it was a, a great opportunity to do that. When you um, look at two crashes like that over the span of 20 or 19 or you know, however many years it, it was exactly, I break it down into three buckets the racetrack, what was the crash partner? Was it another car? or was it the racetrack? And in the case of the racetrack, the safer barrier has revolutionized the response of the car. And there's been a ton of work done there over that of time between those two crashes. The other bucket is the vehicle. Historically, as we went across generations, we would add roll bars or add intrusion plates or add crash uh, foam to the doors. Those were done at different moments in time when you could when you could do that when you had a new vehicle coming in so there were pretty big differences in those two chassis uh, across those 19 years and then the last bucket that is probably the most influential um or you could debate between the safer barrier and this last bucket would be the driver restraint system you look at pictures um of drivers sitting in their seats in the late 90s and early 2000s or up to you know maybe 2002 time frame, they appear much different than if you look at our drivers today. The the entire package or environment that the driver sits in, how it has evolved over that that time period, has tremendously benefited the drivers for crash safety. We've got to make the cars as safe as possible, and, and everything that's going on around the safety of the sport. Uh, has to be at the top level because NASCAR racing is beating and banging, tight, close racing. So we can't ask drivers and teams to go out there and, and do that or put them in a position to do that if we didn't feel like we had the best safety system in place. So I think that's the balance for us is, you know, we expect that in a race. We expect drivers to beat and bang and to move somebody out of the way for, for a position potentially. But by the same token, you know, we've got to also deliver when it comes to safety and when, when there is an incident because drivers are in close contact. And now as we continue, now Harvick on Dale Earnhardt. Some may not realize the impact he had on safety. Yeah. Why didn't you answer your phone? You're not going to believe what just... You bought a Coca-Cola with zero sugar? Yep. And it's delicious. This does taste great. You know, I think when you when you look at the when you look at the the effect that that in my opinion that that Dale had on the sport, it was in a number of different ways. Um, first off, Dale had a great relationship with NASCAR and could move the needle when things needed to be moved from a from a competitor standpoint. Um, you know, like like really no other driver has been able to do ever. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I think the the impact that he had 
has had after his death on the on the safety of the sport has has been you know something that's just far greater than than you know would have happened with with uh, with anybody else and, and I think that that impact will, will be probably his you know his impact from the competitor standpoint that that um, you know some of them at this particular day and age might not not, not even realize the impact that he's had on the safety side of it you know I think when, when you look back and, and he's just you know he's, he changed so many things about our sport in, in so many different ways just because of a the relationship with NASCAR but B he was he was just willing to, to do things differently and think outside the box and got connected with the right people in different scenarios of, of, of what they did. And now I also want to begin to you now Harrison Burton on Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt pushed parents to enjoy life by boat. Five Hour Energy helps you get stuff done. And now when you purchase Five Hour Energy, you can instantly win cash prizes. For complete rules on how to enter, visit 5agwin.com. Five Hour Energy. The official sponsor of getting stuff done. Towards you know closer to when Dale passed away, my my uh, my dad and my mom were thinking about getting this boat right. My dad has always loved boats, and he was racing Cup, and he was in a spot where he felt like he could get a boat. My mom was nervous, right, and uh, financially nervous to do it, whatever it may be, right. She was nervous to make a purchase like that, a boat, right, and uh, they came from you know, little to nothing. They were in South Boston, Virginia and kind of clawed their way through bad times. And once they got to the top, they were like, oh, we got to save our money. And so Dale Sr. came up to my mom and hugged my mom. And, you know, I don't, it was a probably, I think she said it was within a few months of when he passed away, was telling her to, to go and live life and, and go get this boat, right? And so, um, Shortly after Dale passed away, they got this boat and uh, they made some memories on that thing before they sold it. So that's the only story that I've really, I mean, he tells me stories about Dale a lot. Um, tell me stories about a lot of things a lot just because I'm interested in it. But I think that's the most cool one, right? It's like, man, that's crazy that, you know, obviously not, you know, no one knew what would happen, but um, he was telling my parents to go and enjoy life and live life, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, obviously the unthinkable happened, but um, they made a decision based off of that uh, that moment. Okay, as we continue, we look like we've gone past. That's all Dale Earnhardt stuff. So now, all oh, this is very exciting. Ralph Fenway Racing becomes his first carbon neutral NASCAR team. That's big. Ross Fenway Racing announced today that the team become the first carbon neutral NASCAR racing team powered by the official sponsor Castrol. Throughout the 2021 NASCAR Cup season, using Castrol will power the Roush Fenway team by supporting the Roush Fenway car- by supporting Roush Fenway's carbon reduction and offset programs across our operations, both on and off the track. Back. And as we continue, how about listening to the preview show before we go? Road to victory runs through Chase, El- Chase Elliott and at Road Course. This Coca-Cola Zero Sugar tastes mighty delicious. Come on, buddy. But if you keep lying like this, 
You'll be a puppet forever. It's the honest truth. You're right. It's delicious. I never lie. Hey, race fans. Alex Weaver here. Welcome to the preview show. I'm joined now by Jonathan Merriman. We have to give a shout-out to Michael McDowell before we start. He wins the Daytona 500 in surprise fashion. I think it surprised himself. And now we're heading to the Daytona Road Course. Finished 10th there last year, so pretty good there as well. Yeah, he's really good on the road courses, and that Daytona 500 win is going to open up the playbook for him and Drew Blickensturfer to get a little wacky with the strategy. So don't be surprised. You know, we're going to seven road courses this year. They're going to try some things. They're going to try to pull another upset. So I would not be shocked if he ends the season with more than that Daytona 500 win. Well, as I mentioned, NASCAR is staying in Daytona, and this time it's taking to the road course. We saw it for the Bush Clash the very first time it was ran in the Bush Clash. And it was a little crazy. Uh, the ending was especially wild. Is it going to be some of the same come Sunday? I mean, you can't really predict it. I mean, they're going for points this time. So I think, you know, the best friends of Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott will be a little bit more behaved. But you got Martin Truex Jr. who's mad because he spun while he was leading. Denny Hamlin's really good there. But, you know, the road to victory lane is going to go through that nine team. So you're going to have to beat Chase if you want to win this one. Well, Chase has told me that he doesn't necessarily think about this, but he is going after not only a win on the road course come Daytona, but he is going after Jeff Gordon's record. He has two more wins, consecutive wins on a road course to tie the record, and he needs three to win. One of those will have to be at the Daytona road course for him to even think about accomplishing that. You taking Chase, you taking the field. Look, I've taken Chase for all seven road courses this year. That was my preseason prediction, and I have to stick by that, right, or Twitter will come for me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, until somebody beats him, he is the guy that you have to go through. So, until they beat him, I will pick him until the end. Well, I don't even know why I'm asking this. Who's your pick? Daytona Road Course on Sunday. Chase Elliott. Got to have it. Shocker. Uh, Kyle Petty gave you a hard time, so I'm waiting for that Chase Elliott t-shirt to show up on the back <laughs> of the drivers. Uh, I'm going to flip the script. I am going to get some hate on this, especially from the nine fans. But I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. Uh, come Sunday. He's good at the road courses, him and Denny both, and uh, he's got a little extra motivation because he is mad about the clash. All right, well, let's see. I know they're uh, fixing some dirt there on the road course, so it'll be interesting to see if it's some of the same that we saw from the Bush Clash or who dominates. Sunday, 3 p.m. on Fox. You're not going to want to miss it, and we'll see you right back here next week on The Position. Okay, we are at the end of our time. See you tomorrow from the Great Apple Store and NASCAR Series. For possibly some coverage on the NASCAR on the NASCAR Camping Old Truck Series race.